bi week blues continue? Oh, yeah. And are they blue? It's yep. been depressing. You know how much college football I watched this weekend? A lot. Not a lick. I couldn't Why? bring myself. I, oh, man. After that Minnesota game, I'm over football. I had I'm, so much fun this weekend not worrying about what Nebraska was doing. That's probably fair. That's probably the my favorite game I've watched yet this year was the Oregon Auburn game. Like week was one. that week one? Week one. <laughs> Just because like it was before we had the time to jack anything up. We'd played a mediocre game that day. But it was early, and so we could let ourselves away with it. I was just able to enjoy football at the fullest. But I really do think I'd be a better football fan proper if I wasn't a Husker fan. You know? Like, I'd enjoy the sport more. <laughs> I don't know. I agree, but we learned that we're better than uh, Wisconsin because they lost oh, at yeah. Illinois. <laughs> That's the headline. We are better than Wisconsin. That is the key <laughs> takeaway from this podcast. Logic. It takes a special team to travel to Champaign and win. I mean, no. <laughs> Only Nebraska, Eastern Michigan, who have done it this year. Wisconsin is not one of those teams. Yeah. It, apparently, it takes a, um, a really good team to go to uh, Minneapolis and win, which is definitely... Less hard than going to Madison and getting a win. So, yeah. Now, I enjoyed the, like, banter about this. But I think I have heard some, like, conspiracy theory. What if the whole Big Ten West is just totally crap this year and we, like, sort towards the top and don't look so terrible? Even though we're going to be, like, a at best... I mean, what can, what can we even feasibly... Let's just write off the... Even if we were to win out except for one game. Yep. Make that either Wisconsin or Iowa. Which is like the most pie in the sky scenario I will ever give anyone. We still finish what? Eight and four. Eight and four? Yeah. That's what Northwestern won the division with last year. I guess. But Iowa's looked okay, right? Yeah. Iowa's How'd they do this okay. weekend? Oh, they played Purdue and won. So yeah. It was they won like by a touchdown. So, you know. <laughs> they didn't look bad. Yeah. One thing I will mention though is at the Michigan-Penn State Saturday night game, Herb Street was calling it, and they were talking about, you know, the Wisconsin upset and everything. And he's like, Illinois is a team that hasn't had an impressive season so far. I mean, they've lost to Eastern Michigan and Nebraska. That's what we are now. Freaking hate Kirk Herb Street. He's the worst, worst of the people. The worst of the people. Absolutely. If you got all the Americans together in one place and made everyone pick the worst, it would be Kirk Herb Street. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. So let's talk about things that are not football. All right. We have a whole podcast this week full of things that are not at all related to football. I suppose we should talk a about little... the like true A block we scheduled for this week, yeah, which I which... believe I'm... <laughs> I'm scrolling back through our conversation last night to yep. get to the show notes. Um, there is context for the D block. So. Oh, it's coming. It's a coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mo Washington. Is he well and truly off the team then? Uh, Frost says that he is not going to be a part of the team going forward. He's not in our immediate future plans. Bruh, what the hell did he do? This has got to be something awful. Us. He killed someone. It's going to be bad. It has to be. Because we, if we were, oh my god, if we're willing to let felony 
revenge porn, felony child pornography charges in the state of California go because the California legal system can't get their crap together and schedule a trial then. Oh, yeah. That's definitely the fault of the California legal system and not his attorneys. Oh, yeah, because we we literally gave him, like, the attorney we give the governor, you know? Well, the former attorney we give the governor. Isn't it the former AG? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. It's Bruning. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast, but um, we won't. We decidedly will not do a whole we podcast. We won't. We just don't know what he did this time. Oh, if we let that God. slide, then I can't imagine that, you know, smoking I, weed and skipping classes would be the final straw. What? Like, when you take a step back and you think about the Nebraska, like, ethos that Scott Frost was brought up in, I think it's entirely feasible that, like... Felony charges, fine. Skipping some push-ups at the end of a practice, you're dead to me. I never want to see your face again, you worthless piece of... Right? Like, the things that we are willing to forgive and the things we are not willing to forgive are in no way in proportion to how they actually should be. And, like, I would not be surprised if it's some, like, petty spat and he was acting like, if we'd put me in, we would have won more games. And Scott's like, ah, I'm a hard, tough guy Midwestern coach and I don't put up with this kind of horse malarkey, no. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, I I mean, I, we're going to find out. We're going to end up talking about this in a couple of weeks. Yes. There will be I, I, I probably a full journal star spread on this at some point and we'll, we'll break that down for you. The one thing I will say that will support your theory is uh, after the Minnesota loss, Frost said in the press conference that he said to his team, if you're not 100% with us and the way we're doing things and the way we're trying to build this culture, then just get out. Get off the team. And so I think he might have sensed something that he wasn't committed to building the culture. Which is what? Ex- I, I, uh, I'm going to eat my words. And I've had a long string of tweets and comments on this podcast not aging well recently. But I am just not convinced that like whatever we're doing is actually leading to anything right like if if you make me bill moose at the end of this year scott frost and i are gonna have a performance review you can sit down you be like scott quantifiably how did you do your job better than you did last year you could ask this kind of stuff at runza at I'm sure dishwashing at Valentino's, they were like, did you wash more dishes? And you were like, yeah. And they were like, cool, this is a Valentino's job. That concludes the performance review, right? It looks something like that, right? More or less. More or less, right? So this one, for which the state of Nebraska, effectively, because this is a state institution, is paying this man, you know, what, a million dollars a year? Oh, probably upwards. Upwards of that, at least. I don't, I don't know the exact numbers. They're going to have to say, Scott, how do we quantifiably get better? And at this point, the way we're headed, he needs a really good recruiting class. Now, I'm not saying that this leads to like the firing of Scott Frost, but it's going to turn up the heat on him pretty seriously if we don't find some way to finish this year relatively strong. And I think the only way to do that is to go to a bowl game. And probably at this point win said bowl game because said bowl game is going to be against like southeastern mish carolina berg and like you know we need to beat you of south 
Mish Carolina Berg East okay. Central <laughs> High. Be called US B M S C. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, the one who's like you know the occasional 16 seed in um in March Madness. Yes. That kind of a school is who we're gonna end up playing. And um, we, I mean, if, if we're playing them in a bowl game, we need to beat them. Yeah, I I could see us in the Birmingham Bowl, which is. If if we scrape the six and six, it's always one six and six team against like a ten and two team from the MAC or something like that. Oh yeah, if it's a MAC team, it's like either we a MAC team or like <gasps> a team that finished third in the American West Division. Justin, 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 UCF. We want UCF. We want UCF. We That's the bowl game I would like. We want UCF. <laughs> we lose, though. Okay, if we lose, we trade coaches. <laughs> no! <laughs> we'll send him back. Um, no, I, I also think that, like, the fans' goodwill is going to deteriorate. Because it's... This is terrifying. It's entirely possible we lose out from here. Oh, yeah. It, 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 we either rebound, like... We, we, we either find out what this team's truly made of, and Scott Frost... Hammers home the point that we need to finish strong. We need to get these guys fired up. And they believe him. And they believe in themselves. And then the sports movie happens. And the scrappy Midwesterners make a bowl game. Or we look at the signs. We suck out loud. And say, this is very, very, very close to collapsing in on itself. The only thing that's missing is a loss to Indiana. Well, obviously, there's a lot of things happening currently yeah, in Husker football. Is out. Our, you know, top two running backs are likely out. Yeah. Not one because he did it to himself. The other one's injured for Lord knows how long. Is that Wandale? That's right. He's he's a hybrid running back. We are gonna today. have to just put everything. Yeah. On Millsy's back. It's gonna be depressing. It's gonna be a bad run of it. Even if we beat Indiana, we're gonna beat Indiana by like. A field goal. And Indiana's 5-2. and two. They're the favorites. Indiana <sighs> fans are treating the season like a fever dream. If you just go on RCFB, you'll see, mm. and on any thread about Indiana, you'll see hashtag 9windiana. Whatever you do, don't go to r slash CFB. Don't um, go to their game threads. That subreddit is cancer. There are parts of it that are... But if you need, like, most immediately reactions, is most of Reddit is very much so cancer. But the Formula One subreddit is great. <laughs> Genuinely, it's less of a cancer subreddit than the CFB one. Is it because of fewer subscribers? Partially, I think. Also partially because, like, it's a more niche thing. So there aren't other avenues to talk about it. So you can't make this one the avenue to talk about it. Right? You know? So there's a lot of things happening for the Nebraska Huskers. There are also a lot of things happening... This weekend in sports. In sports. The yes. sports equinox is upon us. I believe it is this Sunday. Let me double check this. I should have this actually Sunday. looked this up. I'm, I'm willing to bet it happens. It might happen tonight, too. Because, Does it really? Because college football has like two games tonight. I think maybe Sunbelt teams play. It counts. Shut up. And then NBA's got an 11-game slate. World Series game two, I believe, would be tonight. Because don't baseball normally go back-to-back? And then... <laughs> We're such a great sports podcast. Yeah. We haven't even talked about baseball this whole year. Uh, that's mostly because my team sucked this year, and I refuse to talk about baseball <laughs> And my this year. team finished with the heartbreaking loss, as always. Yep. 
Sounds yeah. like the Yankees. Yes, it does. Um. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. I'm looking at FanDuel. Oh, and hockey's happening. Yeah, that's the thing. Shout out so to it's, hockey. It's the NBA's happening. This is Sunday. Oh golly. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. No context. So, this Sunday, basketball's happening. The NBA, right? That has started up. Hockey, hacky. Which I this is just a clever ploy, ploy to get people to bet on a hockey game and thus watch one hockey game, because I I am convinced that if you watch one hockey game in your life, you end up being kind of a closet hockey fan. Yeah, like, it's just an out and out enjoyable experience, even if you don't really know what's going on. It, hockey is the game of surprises, right? the The goals just come from nowhere, especially when you're listening to the commentators, because they're like, "Yeah, all right, here comes Patrice Bergeron for the Boston Bruins." That's definitely not just the only hockey player currently playing that I know. He skates down the ice. He's a forward or something, or a center or something, or a defender or something. Those are the three positions, right? He oh wingers, yeah. He's skating right. down the ice. He's skating down the ice. Did you know he went to high school at Columbus? Yeah, oh my God, he scores! Oh God, oh sweet Jesus! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they <laughs> they play Chelsea Dagger and you got the whole yeah like that that's it's the most entertaining thing to watch and you don't have to know anything my, to enjoy a game of hockey my favorite part of any hockey game ever is when the puck is right in front of the goalie and you just see like five guys just poke at it with a stick yeah uh-huh it's like they're trying to rustle up a campfire but no they're trying to score a <laughs> hockey goal most of hockey is well coordinated i didn't even know if it's well coordinated it's just coordinated flailing yeah. Right. It's like, I, okay, the play here is to just throw everything I have, including this oddly shaped stick, into that direction. So there's hockey. And, there's, and the empty net is the most beautiful thing in sports. Oh, yeah. I, Dude, okay, sometime we'll have a whole conversation about how, like, the math of empty nets works out. Oh, yes. But technically, if you're fairly evenly matched teams and you are one goal down in the third period, you should go empty net with seven minutes left. Life's better when you empty your netter. <sighs> so there's football this weekend, too. Yeah, the yeah, National the, Football League. Yeah, which I should pay attention to and don't really. I can't bring myself to care. If you're into sports betting, which I'm sure none of our listeners are, you can do, like, a really cool, like, quadrifecta, like, pick. There's, like, 26 games. So if you pick... Like certain packages of four. Oh, so you can you can you can make like more money and there's like more promotions and stuff. So like I I obviously in the state of Nebraska cannot sports bet, but if you live in I don't know the glorious glorious land of Iowa in which they allow you to sports bet and you get the first primary. God, Iowa with the cool shit. Why didn't we get any of the cool shit? We got like Kool Aid and Carhenge, and they got hey first primary and sports betting. I, we get, like, horse races. Although there is a ballot initiative right now that you can, yeah, like, sign. Yeah, there, there's a petition. Also, like, I mean, I know a guy. Do you know a guy? Because I know a guy. Bring, bring, <laughs> Juanito. Jesus, Hector Christ. <laughs> anyway, we thought we'd point that out the Sports Equinox. It's a cool thing. Yeah, and it makes me think that, well, it is cool that all this stuff happens at once. I don't necessarily think that it should. I think that the NBA should always start, like, on Christmas. I think this is awesome. So, like, okay, 
I think it's actually great that American sports have moments in which they are really fun and moments in which there are droughts. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, in if you work through a year, and I'm actually going to start from the beginning of the school year, because okay. I think that is like where the new year of our sports god like begins, right? Yes, because you've just gone two months of nothing but baseball if you're yeah, solely an well, American sports fan. If you're solely an American sports fan, but that's that's where this gets fun. Yeah. So like, because I think what it does is it forces people to pay attention to things that they normally wouldn't pay attention to, which then makes them fans of things. So I was a really, for example, yeah, we're talking about that like summer drought where it's only baseball mm-hmm. and it's mid-season. Who gives a flying Barnacle. Barnacle. What happens, um, you know, Yeah. most leagues are either spread out or close, but there's time. Like, yeah. who gives... It's, 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 yeah. it's game 80 of 162. You know? Exactly. You, you've, you've got, got the, the all-star break. Yeah, the, the, the home run game. derby, but that's one evening. Yes. Also, if you're a kid, which we're talking about the year of our Lord 2014, I was. I had nothing better to do. I was in a horrible stage production um about a bunch of fairy tales that got thrown together and found jesus but anyway um what we're going to need to have a conversation sooner or later on somehow about all the stupid plays i've been in because there have been a lot just the absurdity of christian art (laughs) can we please can we you know what that's where this podcast is going just christian movie reviews you and i will sit down and do a full how long is god's not dead a full like two hour commentary on god's God's not not, dead i have so many thoughts on god i've never seen it I've only seen the trailers where it's like, sad atheist man is sad. Inspired Christian man is inspired and Christian. Yeah. I don't care. You need to watch it. Okay. The ending. Oh (laughs) my God. You know, it's not dead and is originally British. Formula One racing? Formula One racing. Oh my gosh. I just. Best segues ever, baby. Justin watched a race. I did. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And I, I've been watching a few races. I've got into it over the summer. I watched um, the Netflix special, Need um, Formula One Drive to Survive, which I recommend to... If if you are a human, uh, you are breathing, and you should watch Drive to Survive. Um, so, Justin, at some point, TikTok, you have Netflix, correct? Yeah. I, yeah. I was planning to do it over fall break, and I realized we have two days. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was. It's a really easy series to like pick at and pick up and put down. I think. Yeah. Because the 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 episodes kind of stand alone. They lead into each other, but it really covers at least last year's because they're doing a new season for this year. But at least last year's was like, all right, this week we're talking about like Haas F1, or this week we're talking about um, Racing Point and their woes with the whole um, Indian company. Indian company, yeah. So. We, we really don't need to get into this. Um, what we should do, briefly, because lots of people don't know about Formula One, is briefly describe what, what Formula is? One is. So, may I do the honors? You know more than I. This is true. Formula One is the most elite racing, um, not company, but like circuit in the world. So it's bigger than IndyCar? Like, more prestigious? Uh, it's definitely more prestigious. I couldn't give you numbers on, like, how many people watch it, but it's really pretty widely agreed in motorsport that, like, what a Formula One car can do is more impressive than what an IndyCar can do. So the cars themselves are, like, 
the fastest racing cars proper. I mean, there's world endurance racing who do fast speeds for longer. So you could argue that they're quote unquote faster. Aren't there like dragsters that get like. There are dragsters too, but like as far as circuit racing goes, when you're talking NASCAR, IndyCar, like, you know, Formula One cars. Type huh, stuff. Completing a loop type stuff that is not like 24 hours of completing a loop, which is the thing, and it's really cool. Um, that's what that. Um, have you seen the Ford v Ferrari movie that's going to come out? I have not. I yeah, have so Ford v Ferrari. It's co- actually called Le Mans, like 64 or whatever, in um, the UK because uh, the American company of uh, Warner Brothers couldn't get the rights to the race in Le Mans, which Aww. is 24 straight hours of um three guys driving um the same car so how do you, is, is it in a loop or is it like through is like start line finish line type thing oh it's in a loop okay. it's around a track so that they can pit and like upkeep yeah. the car and change drivers and everything but it is one of the longest tracks in the world in Le Mans, france anyway that's neither here nor there formula one consists of 10 teams with two drivers each all trying to win points over the course of the year at, I believe this year it was like 22 different races. Was it only 20? I don't know. We're expanding races a lot, so who knows what it'll be a few years from now. But um, the trend has been upwards in more race weekends. Um, but basically, uh, 10 teams, two drivers each. If you end up in the first 10, you get a level of points corresponding with how high your position is. And I assume it's like reverse order. First gets 10, all the way down the last gets 1. It's not that ex- I think it's like 25 down to like 1. Okay. Um, But it is that idea of like... So it's like Mario Number Kart. 1 gets more... Yep. Think Mario Kart. Mario Kart was very loosely based off of Formula 1. So for a lot of the rules. Um, also for the style of tracks, um, if you look at IndyCar, IndyCar basically has three different types of tracks. Um, uh, Formula One has two, um, so both IndyCar and Formula One have street circuits, which are set up literally through a city or town, you know, you just use public roads, uh, the ones that come to mind for Formula One that are really, really cool are, um, Baku in Azerbaijan, (laughs) Azerbaijan, um, Monaco, which is arguably the most famous yep. foreign race. Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2. It's up there with, like, the Indy 500 in fame. Um, Monaco Grand Prix, probably the most prestigious race you can ever win. It's in the three biggest races you can win, which we've actually mentioned all of them then. The Monaco Grand Prix, the Indy 500, and the Le Mans 24 no one likes NASCAR. Dale Senior ain't die for this. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is to like go back and watch breakdowns of that crash, and people are like, "Yes, this really didn't need to happen." Like eight people made the wrong decision, and that's how it got to like he actually like it, it's it's on NASCAR. It's sadly enough on him. It's on all of the drivers around him. It's on his pit team. Because his tires were worn. Like, like the whole breakdown of that is fascinating. Anyway, so throughout the year, um, Formula One teams compete at these different tracks. Uh, the, the Grand Prix that we watched was in Japan, yes. which is, like, a fairly cool circuit. It's got trees. It's got trees. It's got a freaking Ferris wheel, because why not? It's got a very famous turn, 
called, I think, R130, R330, something like that. It's R something. But that's the one um, in this race. Was that a Ferrari driver. Like it was the big, yeah, it was, I think it's a, I think it's a left-hander. It's that very big loop. Um, I'm sorry. Is it a right? I forget if it's a right-hander or left-hander, but it's a very high-speed corner. It's the one at which that one Ferrari driver was holding his mirror in one hand ah. as he took it with his left hand. Yeah. Um, so then there are 10 teams. Uh, there are a few particularly historically successful ones and a couple ones that are particularly dominant now dominant now uh but the thing about the race that we watched is that mercedes the team who has been dominant over the last now six seasons won their sixth um constructors championship in a row um and set up lewis hamilton to win his fourth driver's championship in a row fifth because he lost one year to his teammate nico rosberg who then promptly retired because he realized Lewis was better and didn't want to fight him. Don't at me, Nico. But um, that's that's a point of contention. But anyway, um, I found it over the summer, decided it was really cool, wanted to ingest, uh, introduce Justin yeah. into the fold of Formula One watchers, and I'm curious to hear what you thought. All right. One thing I do like about it compared to other races, it's not very, like... There aren't that many laps, so there are way more important checkpoints to just watch for. That's one thing I do like about it, because NASCAR and IndyCar, like NASCAR, they do like 200 laps. IndyCar, probably the same thing. You know, it takes three hours of just, you know, the same thing. And it's not really that important, really, when you pit, because there's 200 laps, you know. Like, it happens, but... It matters, but everybody's going to pit. Yeah, it matters, but everyone's going to do it roughly... The same amount of time, like everyone's getting at least two in. Formula One, you can survive off of just one pit, really. Well, pit strategies are so deep, right? Because you yeah. can do the one pit strategy, you can do a two pit strategy, or if there's a race where it starts raining, you can literally do um, no pit, zero pit strategy. Now it's not wise, probably, but it's it's possible, and I do think it's been done before. I, now, there might be a regulation now where you have to change tires at least once, but the thing is, um, the tire compounds in um, Formula One are different as well. So it's been a hot minute since um, since we watched that race, but something that I'm sure you noticed is when certain cars are chasing other cars, they're gaining ground not because they're on a richer fuel mix or because it's necessarily a better car, but because they're on a softer tire compound than the person in front of them. Now, softer tire compounds are faster and harder tire compounds last longer. Um, So it's all a game of like, how do we do this? Also, teammates have to compete against teammates, which means that there has to be strategy in the pit, not only discussed between those two teammates, but also those two teammates don't necessarily want the best for each other, but the team needs both of them to do well. So some of the most dramatic moments in Formula One is when teammates start fighting each other and they crash and then their team doesn't get any points because they're both out of the race, Um, which can really affect the title fight. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Overall. So, so I did like that because the first three laps is when, like, all the important stuff happens on who's going to pass who. And you get, like, most of that in the first 30 seconds. And then the next, like, five minutes are just them breaking down the first 30 seconds. There's a law of diminishing returns at the beginning. And then once, like, the pits open, 
argue like a third to halfway through the race yeah you start to like then you get the strategy talks uh-huh and then it becomes then like a certain number of laps hits and then you see the people start to pit so then you have to start paying attention again there's not a lot of time to just dilly dally around and just watch the car go mm-hmm. you know and and i like that about this the other thing that's really cool about formula one is because it's on a points-based system every position matters so uh, you watch the indy 500 yes. and it's like well Listen, do I really care who finishes 10th? No. But if it's towards the end of the year, which is where we're getting, it matters deeply sometimes who gets that one extra point. Um, Ferrari needed to... If if Mercedes was going to finish first and third, which it appeared they were about halfway through the race, and it, there was a moment where it looked like they could have finished 1-2, and then Lewis Hamilton had a fight with his pits, and like, go watch this race um, if you can find it in any way, um, or even just read breakdowns of it, because it was a really, really cool and interesting race without being overwhelming. So I think this was a perfect introduction into Formula 1. But um, Mercedes are first and third, and Ferrari was second and sixth um at the time ferrari ended up getting a penalty after the race oh that that they happen yeah so there was some there was some dodgy driving uh which kind of threw a wrench in the works yeah but um at the time assuming there was not going to be a penalty which ferrari has to do uh it really did seem like they needed to get second and sixth place and to get the fastest lap of the race to keep their title fight technically possible now this means that ferrari pretty much literally would have had to finish one two in every race and mercedes would have had to not get any points but the thing is it becomes sort of a pride thing in these blowout years to see how early you can win the championship especially when you're a dynasty like red bull who is kind of the third ranked team i mean is third in the standings is pretty much third every year for the last few years where they've been sitting but they were huge from like i think came on the scene around 2009 and were great until like 2012 might have been the last year that they won and then mercedes started to take off in 2013 okay where were we oh yeah they needed to yeah, get second and sixth. ferrari needs to get second and sixth and they need to get the fastest lap which this year um counts for a point it didn't in the past oh, but now really? if you get the fastest lap on the track I like that you get you get a point towards the constructor standings does it not count for drivers it does count for drivers, I'm okay. sorry. But in this context, it only mattered for the constructors. One of the Ferraris needed to get it. Well, Vettel was chasing Hamilton. That's Ferrari's kind of number one driver, although he's been kind of shaky in form of late. He needed to catch Hamilton, who, who is, the is, god. is the god. But in, in this race, I'm sorry, Hamilton needed to catch Vettel. Um, so Vettel's defending. I misspoke. Vettel's defending, which is going to slow him down because he needs to take suboptimal lines through the corners Um to slow the person behind him down, who was Hamilton. Uh, not, a, not an easy task, even though Hamilton was, was fairly far back, which means Charles Leclerc, to keep their title fight alive, needed to pit and put soft tires on, work his way back up to sixth, which he was able to do, and then go as fast as he possibly could. And he just didn't quite get there. So Mercedes knew with a certainty, without any of the penalties or anything, that that's how it was going to be. Um... Your overall impression was fun. You would watch it again? Yeah, I would watch it again. Like I said, I like the flow of it. And then the part where Hamilton was trying to pass Vettel in, like, the final three laps, and this was, like, the last opportunity he was going to get, and just see him coming across the side, and then you're like, 
he's going to do it. And then he doesn't do it. That was the most exciting excitement I got watching sports that whole night. I Yeah, we watched a lot of sports that night. Yeah. Um, I feel really bad for you because you got robbed of what could have been an absolute classic. I wish, in hindsight, now... That Hamilton made the pass? No, yes, but also, I, I wish, in hindsight, that um, Mercedes had decided to leave Hamilton on a one-stop strategy. Hamilton is notoriously good at keeping his tires fresh for longer than it makes sense. Um, he defies the laws of physics with keeping the heat just right. Formula One drivers very often jokingly refer to themselves as heat management professionals because uh, that is a lot of what they do in this day and age. It's a matter of like, all right, well, we're going to try to keep the carcass of the tire at the right heat without overheating the inside of the tire so it doesn't explode. And Hamilton is just historically phenomenal at his job in that regard. It's uh, So he is out front first in the race because he's only pitted once mm-hmm. and he's got 10 seconds 15 seconds oh, yeah. clear he, yeah, a huge lead over over botas who is his mercedes number two driver um who has led the race since the beginning because he got a great start yeah um, that's except the one he pits thing i don't like about formula one is that it's really hard to pass somebody so somebody could be in the first place the whole race and that wouldn't be surprising at all that's not that entertaining to me that's... Welcome to my world. So here was here's the broader point. Okay, I'm trying to draw okay. here, and we'll get there. So Hamilton, yeah, he's in front. You would think that if they really wanted to, Mercedes could make a push so that Hamilton probably has a 90% chance of winning this race. Mm-hmm. But Mercedes has their own driver behind, so they decide to pit. I think it would have been incredibly fun to watch Hamilton try and eke what he could out of those tires and still try and post lap times that would have kept him. Because we've got 10 laps left at this point. Even if he loses a second a lap, he'll still finish first. So I think it would have been really fascinating to watch that. Um, But they wanted to win the constructors. They wanted to tie things up in a nice little bow. They knew if Hamilton finished in third, it didn't matter to them. So that was the story. Incredibly difficult to overtake in Formula One currently. And I think I described to you kind of why that is on the night of. Yeah, because aren't the, aren't the tracks small and the cars are just so differently like constructed that you know, like the best cars are way faster than the cars in the back of the pack. This is this is part of it. So the the some of the tracks are fairly thin. Some of them are fairly wide. Um, there's trouble with wide corners. Everyone wants to take it tight anyway, right? That causes more people to do what's called shunting, where they'll push people off the track to get the line that they want. Um, if you give people more and more room to do that, they're more and more likely to do that. They're also more likely to do it at high speeds. And people die in motorsport. Um, Antoine Hubert, who was a Formula 2 driver, died earlier this year at the Circuit de Spa de Francochamps in Belgium. Um, and it was it was a freak accident. Uh, but they're all freak accidents until we find ways to fix them. Um, he went off at one of the world's most famous corners and my favorite corner in motorsport called Yves Rouge, which is a quick... Um, right-left chicane up a hill. Uh, He went off, he hit a barrier, and he went spinning, not really spinning, rolling (laughs) back onto the track and got T-boned and died almost instantly. Um, So so, some of the problems with overtaking, uh, we can't solve until we have robots driving the cars. (laughs) Um, 
But uh, in 2021, there is a new bunch of regulations coming out um, for Formula One. Um, The reason it's called Formula One is because it is the number one class in a racing series called Formula the Formula International Association is the FIA. I think it's association. I don't know. Uh, you can fact check me. But the FIA runs the Formula Series. There's Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3, and Formula 4, Renault, something, something, yada, yada, sponsor, sponsor. Formula 1 is the highest level, and the formula is how these cars are meant to be built. The like specifications for Formula 1. That's what it's named after. In 2021, we're due for a formula change. Uh, sometimes formula changes don't make that big an impact. Sometimes they do. The trick of it is that teams have to agree. All 10 teams have to agree to the rule changes. Now, they get pressured. Um, so but, it has to be unanimous. It's not majority. Uh, well, yeah, it has to be unanimous. But here's the thing. It doesn't really... Uh, unanimous seems like there's true consent from all the teams. But it's like, are you so mad about this that you are going to leave Formula One? Because your options are agree or find somewhere else to effing race. Now, it helps a lot to have the big teams with the big money behind you because they'll threaten to leave and Formula One couldn't, I mean, it would, it would destroy all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, the teams can take their ball and go home. And also, Formula One has an incentive to keep those teams happy anyway. But in 2021, there's a series of rule changes coming. Um, the body shape is changing. It's, there's a possibility that the structure of how money is used in the sport is changing. And there are particularly, to the, to the downforce and like um, overtaking aspect, it seems like because safety's gotten better, they might start letting teams put arrow work on the bottom of their car. Um, since a while ago when there were a bunch of accidents, you had to have a perfectly flat bottom of the car. But if you have little air ducts on the bottom of the car, we had a lot more suction. These things stick to the ground as it is. One of the most important things in Formula One is downforce, um, which is obviously the pull of the air going over the car, pushing you into the ground so you can corner faster um, and make quicker turns. Um, now, you also don't want a whole lot of drag because that slows you down on the straights. So it's, it's finding this balance of getting through the corners quickly while still being able to be really, really fast through the straights. That is about on par with like the engine. And I would argue that in Formula One, arrow work is more important than the engine, especially if these 2021 changes come through. Um, these cars are incredible. You can, if you're driving at like, I think it's like 60 kilometers an hour, which is, you know, what, like 40 miles per hour. You can stick these things to the side and top of a circular tunnel and drive in a perfect 360 loop a couple of times going that slowly. Imagine how fast you'd need to do in my Taurus to do that. (laughs) Easily two, 300. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be... You'd have to put a rocket ship on the back of that stupid thing. But these things stick to the ground so much because the air pushes them down so much. They can do perfect loops and tunnels going at road speed, regular road speed. I mean, so I really think that in 2021, if the teams adopt these changes, that it's it's more likely we see racier, more interesting Grand Prix. However, I think we're actually kind of at an inflection point for Formula One. They are really just starting to break into the American market in 2021. America, to the chagrin of everyone else in the world, America is getting its second Grand Prix because we're a big f-
fucking country. You know what? And we deserve it. So, around the Dolphin Stadium, which I believe is also somehow a hard rock. Hard Rock Stadium. Hard Rock Stadium, yeah, which like doubles actually as a hard rock, doesn't it? It's it's a mess. It's it's basically, you know, it serves the same function as a rock. You know, nobody nobody wants it to be there really. I have a I have a special place in my heart for hard rock hotels. Okay. For, fair enough. The no, restaurant's dude, fine. The, no, the restaurant's terrible. That's not why you're there. Oh. You're there to eat a shit hamburger under some poetry that Jimi Hendrix did. And also, like, I like the sameness of the mall across the nation. Yeah. That's fun. The fact that you can go anywhere and be in a hard rock and it's like, ah, it's a hard rock. Yeah, nice. Capitalism. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, but anyway, I think more Americans should pay attention to Formula One. Now is the time. Episodes, but yes. I kind of hope to make Formula One kind of a running theme oh, on yeah. this. It's, it's cool. a cool sport. It's it an emerging sport in the Americas. More Americans need to pay attention before 2021. It's actually interesting racing. Yes. It's also a place in which I feel like the fans legitimately get heard. Uh, the, the fans affect the formula is like a tacky thing that people say to get people to have a conversation about it on the internet. But like... They really do? They really, I think, affect the way that the sport works. Um, so yeah, it's a great thing to be a fan of. It's really easy to get into. Uh, my kind of hope is that we can watch, um, I will rewatch Drive to Survive, just to watch Drive to Survive, yes. and maybe as we get closer, I imagine over Christmas break we're going to have a bunch of time to make episodes, oh, yeah. so uh, maybe we'll do a few special episodes over then, maybe over yeah. Thanksgiving. We can do stuff like that as we go. Um, I don't know if we ever get listener feedback, but if there is, <laughs> y'all let us know what you think of this. But that's kind of the direction I'd like to see this going. So. Oh, yeah, just talk about, yeah, we can talk about F1, we can talk about all kinds of things. All kinds of stuff. One stupid thing we decided to talk about is in today's D block, you know. <laughs> There's hardly context. Okay, context. Uh, there, there was this meme going around in 20. 20- <laughs> 17 i believe this is the first time i've heard of this yeah well it was like it was the who would win meme blank versus blank are we actually doing the lions we're not okay, okay. i'm explaining what my original plan for this why do we have was. to talk about the original plan no, for that's the funny no it's not okay so no one would win one in this scenario was three trillion lions against the sun and i was team lions we debated this at lunch table sophomore year, if you remember that. I know. I believe I said, and I still believe, no one wins. So so what we settled on instead for the D block was there's this a goalie from Czech Republic, soccer, yeah. who says, I'm going to play hockey. So he's playing hockey. So we can realistically assume that if soccer doesn't exist, he would have always been a hockey player. But what if, like, export didn't exist? What would the athletes be doing? Mm-hmm. And that's where we're talking about now. So we had a whole text conversation about this last night. Yes. And I really don't have – I do have to get to class fairly soon. Yeah. But um, I, we can we can go back to this at a later okay. day if um, – some of it. So uh, let's, just, let's just go over the conversation and kind of rehash parts of that. Yes. So <laughs> I said that Tiger Woods would have made a great anger management coach if he'd never golfed. Because have you ever seen him rage about anything other than golf? No. The only thing he yells about is golf. I feel similarly. One of the main stresses in my life when I find time to play golf is golf. (laughs) Um, It's a terrible way to de-stress. I'm just addicted, so I can't do it. But the guy's so chill off the golf course when he's not talking about golf. Just imagine, like, when his wife just caught him cheating or whatever, he was just the calmest. Oh, yeah. Screw it. My marriage is over. My marriage is over. I bogeyed a par three? 
Because <laughs> uh-huh. if you saw his apology press conference, it was the most stone-faced. Like, I don't even know if he believed a word of what he was saying. Oh, no, he didn't. No. No. No, he didn't. He has I don't no remorse that. for anything but, you know, getting a few inches wrong on a golf ball. Yep. No feelings. No feelings. Uh, I particularly liked your Mike Riley one. Do you want to tell the people what it is and why? I think Mike Riley should have always been the Walmart greeter. <laughs> I love this one. It's so... About it. His He's little hat. happy old man who just... He loves yoga. He loves to ride his bike. He has no real talents. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that cart for you, bud? Cart for you, bud. You need a cart, bud? You need a basket? You're finding everything okay today. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely day. Ma'am, I am so sorry. She ran over your cat in the parking lot. I just, oh my God. Would uh, you like me to get my manager? I'll buy you a new cat. How about that? <laughs> I've got 10 in my garage. Jesus. That's probably accurate. Um, so just to run through. Oh yeah, Michael Phelps, I think would be a mafia thug. I think sports lends itself to a lot of mafia thugs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Derek Jeter, we talked about also as like a Derek B-list would be Fredo like an, style. Incompetent mafia thug. Yeah. Because like, have you seen how he's trying to run the Marlins and make them as corrupt as possible? Yeah. He is bad at hiding it. Bad at crimes. Derek <laughs> Jeter. He just traded life. away all their good players <laughs> to pay off some debts he took out. To, A-Rod would have been good at selling coke. Oh, alive. my gosh. Yeah, he'd be Miami, the best coke dealer in the world. You know, yeah. Just unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. So to run through a few really, really quickly, uh, Conor McGregor, prison, Kobe Bryant, prison, Mike Tyson, prison, Ben Roethlisberger, prison, Maurice Washington, prison, Michael Vick, gas station attendant, but still fighting dogs on the side, so prison, Aaron Rodgers, a high school teacher who boinks the cheerleaders, so prison, (laughs) Um, Tom Brady (laughs) would be a free speech (laughs) actor. activist son of a super corrupt GOP cabinet member. Tom Brady is 100% a member of Turning Point USA. We just, <laughs> we just don't have the files publicly available I, yet. I said he's a discount Mac Damon, Matt Damon. He, well, that's if we're like casting him in movies. If it's like a real oh, okay, life that's scenario, okay. that's what Tom Brady is. You know, you'd... <laughs> Kurt Schilling would be... Yeah. <laughs> can't do this one. Kurt would be what he is now. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Tim Tebow would be like a Christian cult leader. Or, as Justin said, um, a guy who goes to Catholic grade schools to talk about the joys of virginity. I think he'd be wonderful at that job. Without question. One of my personal favorites. Johnny Manziel would be a sympathetic figure from a country song who kills himself in a coke-fueled rage after a bad divorce like a Dolly Parton song. Like the husband in a Dolly Parton song. Yeah. Yeah. The battle to Johnny Football, it's like Today <laughs> Johnny Football done died. Yeah, exactly. It'd be great. Um soccer players. So many South American street sweepers. <laughs> uh and then Justin pointed out gladly that Ronaldo would be a gigolo. Yes. So that's cool. He's totally right. Um <laughs> Sean White. Just full time stoner, Ricky Fowler. I can't even do. Yeah, we we can't even go there. This is a family it's show. Not safe for work. What Ricky Fowler would be doing? Oh yeah, just take a good have, hard have a look great, at that mustache. Just a great porn name. Him and Gardner Minshew are gonna. <laughs> All of the rest of these are just too bad. Um, but then we started talking about like the PG thirteen version of this <laughs> is the Adam Rippon is a theater kid. <laughs> Stop. How is that PG? I guess it is theater kids, so it's automatically PG thirteen. Yes, the- 
Thirteen's necessary. I, I feel like I should warn people before we talk about anything theater. <laughs> oh God, we'll do a full show. Well, we we have big ideas for where this is going. We're oh, gonna cast absolutely. movies and musicals. Full movies. Athletes. This is just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs>